0: you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Riddle. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you, so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. She is back, returning for her second or actually maybe third appearance on the podcast. Let me reintroduce you to a true fan favorite of the Visionary Life podcast, Stephanie Long. Stephanie is a business coach for nutritionists. She's the founder of the Launch Your Nutrition Biz program, and she's the host of the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. And recently, she is the girl who took one month off of her business. Yep, you heard that right. Steph took August completely off from work because she wanted to focus on herself and focus on recharging. And after reconnecting with the why behind why she started her business, which was to have more freedom and flexibility, Steph decided to step back for the month of August. And the best part was that the business didn't become dormant, it didn't go irrelevant, it kept on chugging along. So after learning about Steph's sabbatical, I was so inspired to start prepping for one of my own, hopefully in the near future. And I really wanted to sit down with her and ask her how it went. Was she scared that she would be forgotten? How did she communicate this to her clients? Was there anything she would have done differently? So, in this step, episode, Steph and I chat about her sabbatical. We also talk about how she's been setting up more funnels, automation, and evergreen content inside of her business and how it's going. We chat about the power of discipline in creating freedom and the power of data and metrics in improving the flow of her funnels. That is a mouthful. And we also talk about whether or not she will stay niched down to working with mostly nutritionists or if she's going to broaden her horizons. I admire Steph so much for the business that she's built. And more than just being a podcast guest, Steph is also a great friend. Even though we've never officially met in person, our lives have run many parallel courses and we never hesitate to reach out to each other and ask business questions or share wins or share successes. So be sure to follow Steph on Instagram. You can find her at stephanielong.ca or check out her website, stephanielong.ca. And if you want to take the overwhelm out of starting your nutrition business, she is your girl. So definitely go consume all of her content. So let's dive into this week's episode with Stephanie Long. Stephanie Long, welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. You are a returning guest, so I've already kind of reintroduced you, and people can go back and listen to our previous episode. So today, I wanted to dive in kind of where we left off and uh, kind of catch up on what's been going on with you the last few months. But first of all, thank you for being here, and welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Kelsey. I am always excited to come on the show being a listener myself and a huge fan
0: of yours. So it's really exciting to be here. So fun. I cannot wait to uh, have you uh, answering all my questions for the next 45 (laughs) minutes. So I guess kind of the first area that I want to start is by reading a post that you wrote about taking one month off in your business. So you said, months ago, I started planning this idea to take the entire month of August off work and it's happening. And then you say, how am I doing it? You pre-scheduled your podcast episodes. You delegated work to your VA. You scheduled two days out of the month to do your client calls. You decided not to post on social media for the entire month. And you say, at the end of the day, this is why I started my business. And I just felt so relieved to read that, like maybe I have permission to do the same one day. So I'd love to hear. What made you decide to take a month off of your business? Yeah, it's
1: a really good question. I think kind of like you said, or or like you reiterated, you know, it was the reason why I really started my business was to have more freedom to be able to, you know, choose my schedule, but to be perfectly honest, you know looking back, I'm on about year seven of having my own business and um, year four. So I actually shifted from doing um, nutrition into business coaching. So I'm about year four for business coaching. And I haven't to be honest, really been able to do the month off until this point, because I didn't have the structures in place. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs just starting out, like want that freedom so badly that they want it right from the beginning. And potentially it could be possible, you know, depending on so many factors, depending on maybe if you have income coming in from a different place. Uh, But for me, I really had to work at setting so many structures in place to even get to this point in year four um, of my my business coaching business to be able to do this um, so i felt like it was time i felt like okay i think that i'm ready um, and i feel like now is the time uh, but also my health was really struggling and that's something that i've been dealing with for a while that's actually what got me into nutrition to begin with was i had chronic migraines and digestive issues Mm-hmm. And over the last two years, I've had these um, migraines popping back up. So I've really been getting these signs from my body that things aren't working the way that they used to be. Um, they're not optimal anymore. I'm not able to actually show up and do the, my work the way I want to be doing it and have the energy for um, expanding my business. So I really looked at it as, I don't know if it was like a sabbatical or like time off. For me to really focus on myself. Um, So to show myself, you know, number one, I'm allowed to take this time off. And number two, I have to take this time off for me because I come first, but also to grow my business. So there were a lot of things kind of tied up in this month off, um, but it really did come down to my health at the end of the day.
0: That is such an important conversation because I think it's so normal to just keep pushing forward and to be like, it's fine. Like, I have a headache or I'm tired today, but just grab another coffee, keep going. I got to mm-hmm. keep showing up. But I love that for you, you realize, and again, it's important to say this was four years into your <laughs> um, coaching business. So it's not like it happened right away, but also recognizing that, hey, if I'm not feeling 100%, I cannot show up for my business. So I love that conversation around, we need to take care of us because we are the vehicle for running our business, especially in these critical first few years when you don't have all the systems and you don't have all of the back end set up to just run on automation. Um, so I think this is such an important conversation that I don't really hear a lot of people or especially a lot of women talking about. So I'm really excited to um, to kind of crack this open a little bit. And one thing that I think, too, is important to recognize Um, And I feel like there's somebody, I think it's um, Jocko Willink has this quote, Mm. and he says, discipline creates freedom. And so it's not like you can just start a business and be like, I'm going to take six months of the year off and expect Mm. to have that forward momentum. But like you were someone who was quite disciplined and consistent in those first few years. So that freedom could happen after that consistency. So I think that's another important point to double tap on. I'm curious, did you have any fears around stepping back for a month? Like anything, that little voice in your head that was like, you can't do this because?
1: Yeah, I'd say the biggest one was social media. Um, I was really worried, you know, knowing how the algorithm works and knowing how, you know, you can kind of become obsolete if you're not showing up. Um, You know, I worried about on Instagram specifically, like, my stories being, you know, at the end, you know, if you're not posting stories consistently, you know, you kind of fall to the wayside. And I did really worry about that. Um, But at the end of the day, I just thought, you know, I've built my business off of social media enough that that is not that is not going to make or break my business. You know, I have the podcast. I have a website. I have lots of content. I have partnerships. Um, there, There were so many other avenues to bring in business that weren't just relying on social media and at the end of the day I figured you know even if I fall by the wayside on social media there's always opportunity to come back um, and come back stronger and I wasn't really even showing up to begin with to be honest it was it was more of the just like putting things out for the sake of putting things out versus being really present and conscious about what I was putting out so I wasn't really doing my best there anyway. So to me, it made sense to like pull back and recharge so I could come back with a new energy.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the important conversations too is to never just build your platform on one single channel. Like imagine you only built your business on Instagram and you didn't have the podcast, you didn't have an email list, you didn't have anything, a website. Mm -hmm. Then you're very much like single channel. But if you choose like two or three avenues to share content, um, like you have a more multi-channel strategy. So even if Instagram disappears tomorrow or if your stories end up at the end, that's not your only way of bringing in new leads. So I think that's an important reminder for anyone listening. Like don't put all your eggs in one basket, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm learning that a lot from you too. Um, You share a lot about, you know, utilizing SEO, search engine optimization, or um, like writing content that can be shared or repurposed. And that's something I'm really trying to focus on, especially now. I don't know if you've seen this too, Kelsey, but it looks like a lot of people's accounts are being deleted or taken over, or yep. there's been some glitches on social media. And I'm just at the point where I know that, you know, things might shift and change. And I can't, like you said, put all my eggs in that one basket. I need to diversify. And, um, you know, now is the time for me to, you know, try different avenues. I think it's a bit harder when you start out because you think you should be on, you know, Pinterest and LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and all of the platforms. And um, although maybe it would be a great idea to be all those places, it's so... Exhausting when you're just starting out. So, I'm not sure about you, but for at least my clients, I'm saying, okay, let's just really try to hone in and get really clear on a few platforms. And then, you know, in time, then, you know, scale in different things. And that's kind of where I'm sitting now is, okay, I have that um, energy to be able to look at different avenues. But at the beginning, it wasn't the case for me.
0: You're so right. And it's almost like marketing is this dance. It's like, I'm here, I'm testing this out, and then I have to like twirl around and start focusing on more long-term strategies like SEO. And then, oops, I forgot about my Facebook group. I'm (laughs) going to dance back in there. And I just think Mm -hmm. like, it's never gonna be like this perfect strategy. And I think some people think there is like this magical formula hidden behind a door, but it's really just that balance of like some short-term content, like quick things you can post on social media, that's what it's great for. But then also in the back of your head, like, okay, if I don't wanna show up every single day doing stories, Something like sometimes I feel I don't want to be on camera today. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of think back to what are my long game strategies? Oh, yeah, I could post another blog or I could, you know, Mm -hmm. like just do a little tweaks on the back end to grow my email list some more. So, yeah, I think it's always just figuring out what is that balance and not trying to spread yourself so thin, but also recognizing that you do want um, a mixture of short term and long term strategies. So i um, curious, what were some of the outcomes of your month off? Did you feel better? Did you miss your business? Like, just give <laughs> us kind of like the gist of how it went. A quick word from our premier sponsor of the Visionary Life podcast, and that is Healthy Planet. If you are a health nut like me, you're going to love that you can save money on the brands you already purchase by ordering online from Healthy Planet. They love our visionary community and want to support all of us in living our best lives. So you can shop at Healthy Planet entirely online and products will be dropped at your doorstep within just a few days. It's so easy, so convenient, and that gives you no excuse to say it's really hard to eat healthy, because it's not. So treat your body, your mind, and your business with the fuel it deserves from Healthy Planet. You can shop by department, dietary need, or even just check out the sale rack. It's such an efficient way to ensure you're stocked up on all your favorite health goods all of the time. Use code VISIONARY10 at checkout to save on your Healthy Planet order. That's VISIONARY10 at checkout.
1: I didn't really think into the logistics of taking August off, to be honest. It just felt like the timing felt right, but then, um, and I have to preface this by saying I love my family but um because things are starting to you know open up and people can start traveling again we ended up having family come and visit for the last 2 weeks of <laughs> August um so although my month off was like very relaxing um the last two weeks were kind of overshadowed with family um which was a lot my four-year-old nephew came and it was it was a lot (laughs) yes (laughs) um so if I did it differently I might plan it where um I could have that time just all to myself because the first two weeks were super uh nourishing for myself I was doing so much self-care and for me self-care is waking up going for a walk I was doing a lot of cold dips in the ocean Mm -hmm which were like super invigorating. And I was feeling really, really grounded. Um, So kind of in retrospect, I wish those two weeks happened on the back end of August so that I could roll into September feeling this like real groundedness. Um, But when August was done and family left, I thought I would be so excited to get back to my business, but I have to be honest, It probably didn't happen for about another month. It took me almost the month of September to just ease back in and get in the rhythm. Um, So I would actually say like the month of August and September were like very quiet Mm -hmm. down months for me in my business. And then things started to pick up early October for me.
0: Mm -hmm. And. It's not a bad thing too. Like it's changing with the seasons and honoring the rhythms of our bodies. And I've been listening to a lot of different health podcasts that are hosted by women kind of recognizing the fact that we do have um, like changes in the cycles of the seasons but also in our hormonal menstrual cycles and just recognizing that you may not operate at 110% hustle Every single day of the year. And yes, that can serve you for a certain amount of time, but it's also good to just like give yourself some grace when you're not full steam ahead and when you're transitioning back into work and just saying, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's okay. And yeah, I'm sure it was um, just like hard mentally to be like, why am I not giving my all or like what's going on? But yeah. yeah, I mean sometimes it just takes time for us to adapt back to uh more of that like full-time schedule.
1: Yeah. Well, and I feel like for me personally, I can go um full steam or I can go full or full on nothing, right? Like just like relaxation, restoration, like nurturing mode. And what I'm really trying to do is find that middle ground now where it's not about that hustle, that grind, that push, or that complete like removal of myself from the business. I want to be able to operate in this middle ground. And it's probably that elusive like work-life balance that I'm talking about here, which, you know, can that be found? I'm not sure. Um, But I just know that both of those extremes don't work well for me. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, I have kind of the space in my, um, in my life right now to try to figure out that balance. And, and a lot of that has to do with setting up more uh, evergreen um, systems in my business so that it can be more on autopilot while I'm figuring out my health. So things are kind of still running, um, but I'm in the process of finding that middle ground without putting things to a
0: halt. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I do want to talk kind of about the systems and autopilot. But um, just one question before we move on to that. What would that ideal balance look like for you? Like if you could not, you know, uh, destroy your energy through the week by working too hard, but also be inside of your business? Like, do you have an ideal work week or times of the day that you'd be working? Like, do you know what that perfect schedule would look like for you?
1: I'm getting there with it. I will say I'm a lot better, especially with my boundaries. I used to take client calls, you know, 9 a.m., 10 a.m. And for me, those aren't my hours that I'm like, you know, providing the best type of support, the best yeah. level of support. So now I start calls at 11. I usually go to about 3 p.m. And for me, that time period feels really good to me. So that allows me to have the morning to go to the ocean, go for a walk, go for a cold dip, um, and then have the evenings with my partner. So I feel like I am with my work hours really in that rhythm. Um, but I think it's also maintaining that When I start my evening and I'm eating dinner, I'm not picking up my laptop and starting to work again, or I'm not making the conversations with my partner all about my business. And I'm shutting that part of my life off um, so that I can have, you know, everything else in my life kind of integrate and come in and not still, you know, physically be in my my day-to-day life, but mentally be in my work life. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm sure it presents such a challenge too, to like shut that part of your life off when you're working from home, when your business is very much intertwined with your life. So I know that there's a lot of, of challenges with that, but yeah, I think it's something that we could all do better is to, you know, when you shut your laptop, like try to move on and not be constantly like, dabbling back in the office and oh I just yeah. need to send this one or like with our mobile devices like oh I'll just yeah. refresh my email and delete a few things it's like no but that's still working right exactly <laughs> well
1: and I love what I do so yeah. it doesn't feel like work a lot of the time totally. and a lot of the people a lot of my clients are now friends and sometimes yeah. the boundaries can be a little bit muddled there and I think I'm really trying to learn how to um just like feel really present in both sides of my life, but know that they're going to yeah blend together, but try my best to like I guess just be more present and be more in the moment where I feel personally, um, at least for myself, entrepreneurship can kind of pull me out of that because I'm constantly thinking about the next step and the next thing that I want to be doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can totally relate. Um, So we mentioned systems and funnels and some automation. So that's something I know you've been more focused on recently so that you can have a life outside of your business. So can you kind of share with our listeners uh, why you're so fond of funnels and automation and kind of what they are or what they look like?
1: Yeah, so I guess the first thing I'll say is, you know, even when you put in like a funnel in your business and a funnel would be basically like how are you getting someone from kind of step A to step B and I'll explain my funnel first. So basically what I've set in place is I have a free workshop. So it's called six steps to start your nutrition biz and sign your first paying clients. Um, and that, so somebody would maybe find me on Instagram or my website or, um, Maybe they heard me like on a guest podcast and they might get funneled into um, my opt-in page for the workshop. So then they'd sign up there. So that's kind of step one of the funnel. Um, They would sign up there and then they would actually get access to this workshop. And then what I've um, done is I've used a program called Deadline Funnel, which some of you might be uh, familiar with, and that actually tracks when somebody starts in the funnel. So when someone signs up for the workshop, deadline funnel says, okay, this is day one, they've signed up. And then my funnel is five days long. So for five days, um, they have access to this workshop and an email sequence that is encouraging them to watch the workshop. And it's giving them a limited time discount to my program launch your nutrition biz and at the end of day five deadline funnel actually will turn off that um, access to that website so even if someone tried to go back and watch the workshop or go back and get the discount deadline funnel doesn't allow for that Mm -hmm. um so that's the funnel that i have in place and it's been working really really well and um i mainly wanted to do it because i wanted to have this more passive way of making income and that's what i wanted to allude to at the beginning um even though i think a lot of people think i'm going to set up this funnel in my business and make all this money and it's going to be passive um, there's an element that is quote unquote passive, but it's not fully passive. You still need to be marketing. You still need to be improving systems, tweaking emails, re-recording the workshop or the webinar. There's so many things that need to be done. So even though I feel like I've set up the system to be quite passive, I'm constantly working on it and improving it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think that, uh, conversation around passive income is it really passive is important because like Mm -hmm. of course you can't just set it once and then walk away and become a millionaire like there's so much involved in making sure your content is relevant driving more leads so I like that you bring that up that like there's an element you said that is passive and hopefully that uh, becomes less like uh, labor intensive over time and eventually it can be almost fully passive but I think it is important to kind of say that, you know, there is still a a good amount of work. And I know for you, you ran this program live and like have put a lot of effort into building up the Launch Your Nutrition Biz course, right? Before Mm -hmm. you put it on autopilot. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's had so many iterations. It actually started as a program called Nutrition Business Building Program. Mm -hmm. And that was my first online program. And looking back, like, it's one of those classic things. You just have to start, you know, you have to press record, but, um, wow, those videos, (laughs) they are interesting, (laughs) super nervous. I was like in my mom's kitchen, very bad lighting. Um, but it worked and the information was there and I had lots of people join. And then I thought, you know, that's just step one. I need to improve this to the next level. And then I turned it into a, um, a group program and I called it launch your nutrition biz. And then that, became, okay, how can I take this to the next level and make it more, um, more evergreen or more passive. And that's when I turned it into the online program. So it's been so many steps and that's been over four years. So again, like maybe I'm moving super slow. Maybe some people get this up within a year, but for me, it's been this progression of continuously improving the program Mm -hmm. to the place where I even wanted to invest time to put some evergreen system in place because I knew the product worked at this point. Yeah, I think if I had done this with the nutrition business building program and put a funnel in place, it mm-hmm. might not have worked so well because the product wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, the product now is great with lots of you know testimonials and it works, but um, yeah, it takes a lot of time to put a funnel in place. So I'm glad that I waited to make sure um, it was worthwhile.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's funny. I've had conversations with a few people who have come to me and they're like, I want to set up my funnel. I want to run Facebook ads. Like, and they're just Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, on step 50. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, what are you selling? What's your product? And they're like, oh, it's this thing I just threw up there or made in a day. And I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Step one is having a really good product before you layer on top $5,000 in Facebook ads. Like we can't be skipping all the steps here. (laughs) Um, You said it took you a while to set up your funnel, just to set kind of a realistic expectation for people who want that. How long did it take you to kind of get everything in place?
1: Yeah, so I guess it the actual making of the funnel didn't take a while. It was the thinking through, should I do this or not? And then understanding the tech took quite a while. So I actually did invest in a mentor who's um, been through this and had her walk me through in, in like a two hour intensive session, like step-by-step what I had to do to set up this funnel. And that was, 100% worth it to me because I would have been it would have taken me months for sure to work through it all on my own. Um, But I would say from start to finish, you know, like planning out my so my uh, like the part of the funnel is a workshop. So planning out the workshop content, recording the workshop, getting deadline funnel set up, getting my email sequence set up, And actually I had that written by a copywriter. I knew that I wanted it to be really good and um, I didn't want to take the time to do it myself. So I decided, you know, my return on investment would be more having someone write that for me. Um, So I'd say all um, said and done probably a month. Mm -hmm. So actually not that long, but it, it, it took so long to get to the place where I decided for that to be the next step for me mm-hmm. um, but once i started getting in the motion it didn't take too too long um, and now that i've done it once i definitely could do it again but yeah all of the tech felt very messy at the beginning um, mm-hmm. until i really understood what i was doing
0: and smart that you hired someone who had done it before. I love investing in people who can just show me in a two-hour window like everything they've done versus me yeah. sitting there getting so frustrated with myself yeah. being like, oh my God, I've spent 20 hours on this. It's like just find someone who's done it and ask to pay them for their time. So oh yeah, 100%. that's a very good tip. Um, curious, what are some of the key learnings or maybe just important considerations if somebody is setting up a funnel, maybe things you've learned in the past few months from having it running?
1: Yeah, so um, that's a really good question. I guess uh, what we touched on touched on already like making sure the product yeah. um is something that people really want so doing a little bit of market research around that first mm-hmm. making sure it's you know of course it's not going to be perfect I am improving the my program all of the time um, but making sure it's in a place where when you get people into it they're going to be happy um Kind of as a side note i think this happens a lot um in, in like the coaching industry or in any kind of um business really is like we we work so hard on trying to like get the client in the door and we don't always try to work out retaining them and making them happy while they're in um so i want to make sure that you know my product is something that i'm not just working so hard to have someone purchase, but then once they're in the doors, they feel like I've really delivered. Um, So I'm constantly kind of looking at how can I improve this? How can I improve the user experience um, of my, my product? Um, So that's the big one. The other one would be um, looking at things like open rates for emails, because Mm -hmm. this isn't basically an email sequence people are going through. Um, If you find that, you know, email one has a good open rate because people are really excited, they wanna watch the workshop, they're really engaged, but maybe your second email has a really low open rate. Um, Could you change up the subject line? Could you change up the content? Could you maybe like reach out to some people in the funnel and, you know, um, ask them like, or, you know, send more of like a personal note, like there's different ways to do it, Mm uh, where it doesn't have to be like one, one and done, or it's set, set it and forget it. Like, I think it's, everything's in motion. So you have to be looking at it as, um, you're testing things out. So, you know, really looking at the emails and how they're performing, Uh, For me personally, I've also been watching uh, my workshop, like the play time that people have been staying live for. So the way I did it was I actually uploaded my, my workshop video to Vimeo. And then I um, integrated it into my website, so I embedded it right in my website. So that means I can go back to Vimeo and actually look at watch times and engagement and things like that, and actually see, you know, are people dropping off at a certain point? And if they are, can I add something into the workshop at that point that engages them or give them a break or like, you know, transition into what I'm talking about sooner or faster? So really, just looking at all of those things. So now that i know my product is really good my launcher nutrition biz product how can i really improve this you know system to get them to purchase so it becomes less about like worrying about sitting behind the scenes tweaking the program and more about tweaking the mechanism to get them into the program does -hmm. that make sense
0: oh it totally makes sense and I think this is something that a lot of our listeners will aspire to. Like they've set up their initial email sequence. They are sending out regular communications. But then there's like that next level, to use your lingo, of marketing where it's actually like, results driven marketing or some people call it performance marketing where you're actually looking at the data of all of your efforts and going okay like why are people not opening email too what if like you said i change the subject line or make the content more engaging or what can i do in this masterclass or webinar to make them keep watching so it's like It's one thing to set everything up and I never want to overwhelm people right at the beginning, but it's like you also then have to come to a certain point in your business where you have to look at the numbers and the metrics and go, is this working and what can I do to optimize it? And it sounds like that's kind of that chapter that you're in now is actually seeing some data of like, okay, if we improve this, then we can have... Um, you know, a greater return on investment or a higher conversion rate. So uh, do you yeah. like looking at that kind of stuff? Does it excite you? Hey, Visionary, are you ready to launch your business? If you're looking for a way to get started, we can help. The Visionary Method is a weekly coaching program that will guide you through the process of launching your business and generating revenue in as little as 12 weeks. We have helped over 100 entrepreneurs build their businesses from scratch and find community with people just like them. You don't have to do this alone. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert, young or old, experienced or brand new, our method works for everyone who wants it badly enough. This isn't about getting rich quick. It's about creating something meaningful that changes lives and makes the world a better place. Join us today by heading to kelseyriddle.com for details or click the link in the show notes and learn more about the visionary method
1: it is not in my wheelhouse at all (laughs) I am totally the entrepreneur so for anyone listening that's like wow this sounds like above and beyond where I'm at (laughs) right now that is totally me um I'm I'm more of that like I don't know if I call it like intuitive entrepreneur or like go with the flow like yeah I'm gonna put this out and see how it goes like I'm very um I very much um, act in response to what my audience wants. Mm-hmm. That's like always how I've been at, yeah. in marketing and how I love to run my business. so to kind of like be more analytical or looking at the metrics or um, you know really looking at what's working, what's not working is is hard for me. It feels, um, out of my skin to do it. But I know that what I've been doing up to here, up to this point has gotten me this far, yeah. but I need to now shift and try something new and look at, you know, more of the nitty gritty details to get me to that next step. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say that I am in this more like growth or scale phase to, you know, how do I now shift it to the next level? But at the beginning, I was doing a lot more of just testing things out, responding to what people wanted, asking questions, doing market research, really listening to my audience. And now, now it's really okay like looking at at the data yeah. um so not natural to me but i i know that it's the next thing that's really going to help my business mm-hmm.
0: and i think once you kind of get into the habit of checking in on the data it can be empowering too and even for someone just starting out in their business like pulling your numbers once a month and being like mm-hmm. okay like let me look at the money I made and the expenses that I had. Like, I know for me in the first couple of years, I was like, I don't even want to look at all this stuff. But as soon as I got my QuickBooks in place, I was like, okay, this is empowering to know yeah. what's coming in, what's going out, how many leads I, you know, brought into my business versus how many converted. It was scary as hell. And I didn't really yeah. want to do that. But it also made me feel a lot more confident and like, I don't need to be scared of data and metrics. It'll only yeah. make me better. Um... Well,
1: and and sorry to interrupt, but it also helps you to move from running your business in more of like a purely emotional sense, which I like. I'm so emotional in my business. And that might be one of the reasons why I get burned out more easily because I'm so responsive to my business. But when you are running it from more um, like looking at the numbers, looking at the metrics and more like data, then you can remove the emotions and just look at the pure facts of what's working, what's not working. Let's do more of what's working and do less of what's not working. You know, you can really just pull yourself out of it and look at it and not think, you know, I'm bad or I'm wrong or there's something I'm doing, it's like, okay, no, we just need to look at the logistics of the business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you posted something on Instagram and it didn't get a ton of likes, it's like, it's not that the content was bad or that's it's wrong. It's just that maybe it didn't serve your audience, right? Maybe yeah. it was what you needed, but it wasn't what they needed. And yeah, I think that's, that's the mindset you need to get out of. It's not always about you. It's about them.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's so true. And I think it's just really learning like Again, you know, just because you've been doing something one way doesn't mean you always have to do it that one way in your business. Um, mm-hmm. And the quote you said is that discipline creates freedom. Yeah, is
0: that- mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that is huge for me. That's almost exactly what I've been trying to do in my business because I was so undisciplined I would say you did say oh it sounds like you've been disciplined for the last four years I don't know if I would personally say that like I said I was more like go by the seat of my pants um, you know just respond to my business and um, there was not as much discipline there and now I'm finding that having more discipline creates way more freedom Um, just saying to myself I'm going to do these things on these days that helps me again create those boundaries in my business where before when I didn't have the discipline I was doing things at any part of my day or, you know, like I had no framework for when I was going to complete things. Um, so this has been really helpful for me um, from someone that wants like all the freedom in the world, learning that some structure actually creates more freedom has been really, really yeah. interesting to, um to understand and to see like actually work out for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And even down to like a day, day to day perspective, like I can even think of in my own schedule, I sometimes add time blocks to my calendar Mm -hmm. where I'm like, this is time where I'm going to write all of my email marketing for the week. And I only give myself an hour. And that discipline gives me the freedom then to shut down at five and spend time with my husband, right? So it's like, even in those micro moments, like just having that little bit of discipline can actually just improve your quality of life. Even Mm -hmm. though you may not want to get them all done in an hour, it's like, just try (laughs) like
1: you know that's the only option well and i'm not sure about you kelsey but sometimes i'll even see a lot of my clients who um, are full-time in their business or want to be full-time in their business Um, they have all the time in the world and it's hard for them to complete tasks where a lot of my clients who are working full-time and have a very small period of time to get things done are the most efficient Mm -hmm. um, and get the most done so that's you know not a huge sample size so I'm sure you know there's different circumstances but it is funny sometimes when you have less time you you just get things done a lot more efficiently.
0: Yeah it's like the phrase of if you want to get something done ask a busy person to do it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that's so true like the less I have on my plate the more lazy I am and I'm just like I can't finish this (laughs) and I'm like but I had nothing else to do.
1: It, It goes right back to what I was saying of finding that balance between not you know, totally letting myself off the hook or totally, you know, putting too much on my plate and just finding that middle ground is really where I'm trying to kind of settle.
0: So aside from setting up your funnel, your automations and really getting that dialed in, is there any other area of your business or a skill set that you're trying to hone in on right now as you up level and start to scale? Um, skill set. Um, I guess what I'm more thinking about
1: is what's next for me. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been doing, you know, I've had my podcast now for a couple of years. Um, I'm in the rhythm of that. I finally feel on top of that. And it's not like, um, something that, it's hard to juggle. Um, So I finally feeling like I have space to try new things. And um, for me, that feels like SEO or writing blog posts or potentially it's on the horizon of maybe repurposing some of my podcast into YouTube videos and using YouTube as a strategy. Um, So I think one of the skills I'm trying to hone is like what we talked about before of not just relying on, um, you know, social media as being the one kind of, place to funnel people in but having these more long-term marketing strategies um that are going to create um, longevity for my business and don't don't allow me to or don't make me rely on you know social media so I'm not sure if that's really a skill but it's something that again not being like the most like data-driven person or you know planner in my business to really plan this out as a strategy is something that I'm trying to feel into a little bit more
0: mm-hmm Oh, and I think like that's something I've been thinking a lot about, too, and I'm happy you brought it up is like having that time for the long term vision and not just living in the present and the day to day, but having like full dreaming days or where is this business going? Like kind of future pacing and seeing like what's possible and then like when you land on that idea, giving yourself permission to have a day a week to start that new project. And mm-hmm. it's something I'm always dancing with, too, because I tend to fill my time with a lot of other things. And then I realize I haven't been living in that, um, that long-term vision or forecasting like where we want the business to go. But then again, I'm the only person that can do that. Yeah. Um, so you know, That's- I'm still trying to problem solve for it too. I know a client of mine schedules full dreaming days every Friday. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for him, like it, he takes it very seriously. Like as the leader of a, a company, he's like, if I don't think about the, pre- or the, about the future, nobody is. And then mm-hmm. we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants every single day. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I remember doing your, um, what was it the visionary, like the new year um,
0: oh, the annual planning. Goal setting?
1: Yeah. The annual planning session. And I think you asked a question like, where do you see your business in mm-hmm. five years or 10 years or some, some kind of question like that. And that was really tough for me. And it actually made me, um, sad a little bit that I, that I didn't have a vision for five or 10 years down the road, because it made me realize I'm so in the day to day Mm -hmm. that I'm not letting myself dream out and think bigger about what do I want my impact to be for the long run? It's so just like getting, okay, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. Um, So that really made me think like, you know, why am I doing this business kind of going back to those roots? I probably asked myself, four years ago. yes. Um, and just re asking myself that um, I think it can be so easy just to get like sucked into the daily mm-hmm. tasks without actually like having those dreaming days. So I love that. I don't oh. know if I could fit a once a week in <laughs> maybe though, that's something to like, look you could. To. I-, I could, I definitely could with my schedule. <laughs> maybe I'm choosing not to, but I think that that would really, really help me um you know keep that vision and um keep that spark I think in my business and not just make it feel like it's just another job yeah it's something that I get to dream up and get to be involved in
0: Yeah. And I'm laughing because when you say like, I don't know if I have time, I'm like, and I say that too, but it is such like a limited phrase to say that. It's like, oh, no, I just need to make the time to do it. And I need to hire someone for all the $10 tasks that I'm still holding on to in my business. It's like, oh, yeah, I just like haven't prioritized That yet. So I don't know. Like, if you find a way to problem solve for it, let me know and find a day to just (laughs) sit back and dream and journal. But I think I have like a resistance to it. Like, I would think I was lazy or I wouldn't Mm. use the time productively. But I think, um, yeah, I aspire to take myself out of more of the day to day stuff so Mm. that I can continue to live in the future and then come back to the present and like create and and pass things off to um, others who can help. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, What are you most excited about in life or in business right now? What is lighting you up uh, these days? Uh, honestly,
1: uh, right now I'm kind of in the midst of, um, well, I just welcomed a bunch of new members into my launch and nutrition biz program because we did a launch. And then, um, oh, one thing I did want to mention in this podcast, like another way that I'm really, um, trying to grow my business is by, uh, leveraging partnerships and yes. referrals, Um, So I was able to, you know, get a whole um, bunch of new members in my program or new students in my program because of a referral partnership that I have. And um, right now I'm just really excited about uh, making that program even better. So you know, it's been actually almost a year to the day where I first um, introduced the program as an online program. And um, I haven't really made many updates to it. And I now have gotten so much feedback from the students inside the program. Cause I think now we have over about 200 people inside the program and I'm constantly getting questions and feedback and it's now time to make some tweaks. Mm-hmm. And I try not to make tweaks all the time on the program, because I think that becomes like the busy work where I'm like, Oh, this needs, to change, and that needs to change, and that can pull me away from like those bigger things I need to complete in my business. So now I'm kind of giving myself that time to make some updates over the next month or two, and I'm actually really excited. Like it's lighting me up to re-record videos and to really like again respond to what the people in my program need. That is something that just brings me a lot of joy is like being able to give them more of what would support them
0: Mm, that's so awesome and i think yeah once you've created that first version like to come and to refresh the content because it's your expertise like it should bring you joy right this is your baby and you've created something really really amazing and to be able to improve it for your students is um it should bring joy so i love to hear that yeah Um, Steph, this has been so much fun. If people want to learn about your program, if they want to listen to your podcast, follow your awesome content on Instagram, where are the best places for them to find you?
1: Yeah, well, I think the best thing would be to check out my funnel and actually <laughs> see how that works <laughs> um, because also it would bring tons of value. It's a workshop called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. And it's about an hour long workshop. You can find that at stephanielong.ca slash workshop. And again, um, even if you're not a nutritionist looking to start your business and you just want to see how the funnel works, feel free to just go through it and get some ideas, um, check out the email sequence and all of that. Uh, and. I do have a podcast called Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast, and you can find that on um, Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, um, on Spotify, or you can go to stephanielong.ca slash podcast to find all the episodes. We have about, I think, 130 now. So not quite the level
0: of what you have, but we're getting there. (laughs) Uh, Pretty close. I think I'm at like 180 or something. So I feel like, yeah, I I might be one year ahead of you, one season, but (laughs) That is a lot of content regardless. It's like sometimes you look at that number and you're like, have I really talked for that many hours?
1: <laughs> I'm definitely used to my own voice now. I remember at the beginning yes. it was like, oh, gosh. But yeah, it yeah. definitely feels good to have that bank of content created.
0: For sure. And you know, in our previous conversation, we did talk a lot about another one of your expertises, which was niching down, and so I would encourage everyone to go listen to that episode if you're still trying to hone in on your niche. And that's one thing I've always admired about you is that you really did choose a specific niche to work with nutritionists and nutrition coaches. Um, And I guess what I want to ask you is, would you ever branch beyond nutritionists? Like, is that part of your long term vision, do you think? Or are you really set in staying inside of um, this target audience?
1: yeah i would say well number one i was probably the most resistant to niching down especially (laughs) in my nutrition business um so to be so niche down and not over the four years have not i have not brought in that at all like i'm still very very specifically just helping that that target audience um I don't know if I would broaden. I mean, I think maybe long-term vision would be like me being on a stage, speaking to, you know, thousands of people. And that might require me opening that up a little bit to serve a wider audience. Um, but I love working with nutritionists and I will say like, just a tip for everyone that's maybe afraid to niche down. The number one reason that a lot of people say they work with me is because I work specifically with nutritionists. They say you work with someone like me and that's why I've chosen you over somebody else. And so, you know, if you're scared to niche down to like helping women with PMS problems, well, they might work with you just because you help just those people specifically. Um so there's enough room for all of us and I think yeah niching down this far has like definitely paid off mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly you're seen as a subject matter expert which I think is really really awesome well mm-hmm. thank you so much Steph for sharing your story your journey on the show we welcome you back anytime you. and uh, wish you all the best thank You. thanks for tuning in to this episode of visionary life I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Riedel. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.